Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you... Stu and Blake. Hello and welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. I am Blake Harrison and joining me as ever, still looking like Charles de Bronx Oliveira, is Stu Whiffin. How you doing, mate? I'm all right. I'm all right. Not too bad. Not too bad. That's a lie, isn't it? I've just been ranting at you for about five minutes about... Uh, I put a load of stuff on Facebook Marketplace to flog, and uh, literally everybody's decided to turn up and, uh, and and collect it and haggle with me over like we it's oh, twenty five quid, but you take twenty. Uh, oh, no, it's a bike. You just take the bike for twenty five quid. So yeah, I've got all of that going on. So uh, so right. yeah, I'm stressed. Then you started moaning, and I said we've both been having yeah. a little rant, but I think we're zen now. It's all out the system. And uh, well, I, don't, I don't know about zen, but uh, <laughs> but let's see let's see if the the uh, the thought of uncontrolled carnage violence yes. will put us in a zen place because we are talking UFC 291 the mm. BMF belt is on the line damn right Justin Gaethje Dustin Poirier um did this need a BMF belt uh no it, it doesn't need any more uh seasoning this fight it's it's just going to be is it going to be fight of the year probably um yeah, I mean, be before I mean, we, a, a lot's going to have to be. Is Islam Volk for me was such a great fight, but sure, sure. Yeah. Um, before but we get, it's definitely going to be up there. Okay, well, look, before we get on with the fight, uh, the the card. Sorry, uh, we just want to give you a heads up that in the next week or so, you're going to get an episode, an incredible episode, where Blake and I sit down in a really nice studio with Mr. Bruce Buffer. Um, we recorded it the day before UFC London, and it's an absolute cracker of a chat. Like we was allowed about probably was about ninety minutes in Bruce's company, and I mean this guy has been around the industry for so long. You know he is the voice of of UFC, and we get absolute Bruce Gold. We get all the stories, and uh, and we can't wait for you to hear it because not only was it recorded in this beautiful studio, so um, if you like your podcast, it's going to sound amazing. There was a lovely little camera set up in there as well, so you can if you head over and you, you you know you like to watch your podcasts on YouTube, go and subscribe to our YouTube channel. But watch the episode with with, with Bruce as well because it's an absolute 
cracker of a natter, and uh, and it's coming your way soon. Just wanted to thumb a little bit of promo in for that one, Blake. Yep, well done, mate. Needed to be done. As I say, Bruce Buffer, amazing guest, stories for days. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be a really wonderful chat once that's done. And, uh, and yeah, he was a phenomenal. I think that will be up there as one of my favourite chats 100%. once it's all edited and done. And 100%. shall we crack on with the main event? BMF belt on the line. Dustin, Justin, obviously, it's second time they fought. They have fought before, way back in, I want to say 2018, but I could be wrong. I'm not looking at it. But um, I rewatched that fight oh. recently. It okay. is a very, very good fight. It's a really fun fight. Um, things that stood out to me were just before the stoppage in round four. Is it round four, the, the early round four, the stoppage? Um, Dustin Poirier did poke Justin in the eye. Now, Justin had just had a point taken for having two eye pokes uh, or giving Dustin two eye pokes, I should say. So, you know... It, he wasn't in any way um, innocent in all this, but just before the end of the round prior to the stoppage, Dustin poked Justin in the eye. And I think Justin was a bit like, oh, you've done that on purpose because I accidentally did it to you a couple of times, whatever, a bit of moaning back and forth. And as he's coming out for the second round, because he doesn't get time to recover, Justin, because the round ends so quickly after the eye poke, Justin doesn't get time to recover. And he comes out, and just as he's coming out, he's rubbing at that eye. And then the stoppage happens quite quickly. Now, 33 I don't seconds think ju- into that full friend. Yeah. I don't think Justin's ever complained about it. I don't know how much it was really affecting him, but the fact that he was rubbing his eye just before going out for that round, and then, as you say, half a minute later, he's finished. Maybe that was a factor. Maybe not. We'll have to wait and see. The biggest asset to Justin in that fight was the leg kicks. He smashed up Poirier's leg really, really badly. Um, I think Dustin's going to be very aware of that now going into this fight. His leg was really pieced up. And I'd love to see Justin throw a high kick. In that whole fight, he didn't throw one high kick. It was all leg kick, leg kick, leg kick, leg kick. Dustin's going to be so aware of that leg kick now. I would love Justin to go up high. I just think that would just give him something, give Dustin something else to consider, something else to think about. And... um yeah, I would I would love to see that. And I do think Justin needs to improve. The gulf between the two of them in the first fight, I think is relatively apparent other than the leg kicks. It's the leg kicks are just so great for Justin in this fight. But Dustin, his hands are way crisper. His boxing is better. Justin's getting hit way more than Dustin, even though Dustin is getting hit as well. But I just think overall the boxing is way better for Poirier. And I think Justin has got to try and use the jab more, got to try and be a bit more of a methodical, technical striker. He can't just go into this like he did in the first fight and expect a different outcome. I do, I do think he's going to have to showcase some, uh, some growth in terms of his patience and his technical ability in this fight to be able to really get to Poirier with his hands. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of echo that, to be honest. Um, you know I love Dustin Poirier. You know, I think mm-hmm. he's, the, he's the best lightweight in the world. Um, and Fuck. What? What? You can't say that. He's been beat by Charles Oliveira, and I just don't see a world in which Islam doesn't beat him. 
Well, you can't okay. say Dustin's the best lightweight in the world. He only recently got beat by Charles Oliveira. All right. So, uh, so, so what we got coming up? Yeah, well, Charles has got Islam, and he mm, just trying to work out. It's not. Uh, you're not. Your prediction will not happen. Your stupid little prediction at the start of January or whatever that Dustin Poirier will be the light he- the lightweight sorry champion of the world by the end of the year is now off the table because Islam's fighting Charles Oliveira. The only thing that could happen is if Dustin somehow takes out Justin really early in this fight, which I can't see happening, but who knows? But if he does it early can fight in like just a few months' time and Oliveira gets injured and Dustin can slide in there. Then the stew within prediction dream is on. But otherwise, mate, you have to let it go. It ain't uh, happening. And I mean, there's no way that he's going to get a quick finish over Justin. This is, this is going to be a... I, I, I kind of hope, obviously I, want, I don't want any fighters to get you know, seriously hurt, but I want this to be an absolute war. You know, I want us in years yeah. to come, look back at, you know at the Dustin-Justin fights and just say, you know, some of the greatest fights in UFC history, you know, two of the, the, the greats and, you know, when them two fought, they throw down and this has got the makings of something special and uh, yes. and, and it might not be for a belt, but I, I, all right, it's a BMF belt, whatever you want, I couldn't give a shit about all of that. Like <laughs> this, I mean, speaking of that, we, we should just segue in. I've, I've seen some sort of things kicking off between, Jorge Masvidal and Ben Askren. Have you seen any of this? Um, I saw some post. I don't know what's happening. Is Ben Askren wanting? Is, I don't know. Go tell me what you think's happened. From I what really I gather, know. from what I gather, there's there's been some talk and a bit of beef, and uh, and, I, and I'm and I'm guess working a little bit of this. I read some stuff, but it would appear that there's kind of rumours that they they want to have a go, but. From what Askren's saying, he's like, I'm not boxing you. Like, um, whether he wants him to sort of fight in his promotion, you know, and box in, in Jorge's uh, promotion, I don't know. I mean, to box Ben Askren, Ben Askren's not a boxer, is he? And, no, uh, he, he, got, he got smashed by Jake Paul. And I yeah. don't think we knew at the time how good Jake Paul would become to be. Yeah. Um, um, but he's saying, I'll, but, I'll, fight, yeah. I'll fight you in mixed martial arts. So, uh, I mean, I'd be interested in seeing it because I, I don't, I think that was a lightning in a bottle, once in a lifetime type thing from Jorge Masvidal. I, Ben Askren now, though, I think has had like a hip replacement, like a genuine hip replacement. He had that when he fought Jake so, Paul, didn't he? Yeah, 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 but he didn't have it against Masvidal in the first fight, mm. as far as I'm aware. So, um, so, yeah. So, I don't know. I'm not really massively interested in it. But if they did fight in MMA again, I'd have, I'd have some interest in it. But I have zero interest in watching them box because we all know how that's going to go. Yeah, that's, the that's... one thing with Masvidal, though, is apparently he's rumoured to be uh, putting the belt around whoever wins it on Saturday night. So, Masvidal, the original BMF winner, will be giving the belt to Poirier or Justin, whoever wins. He probably wants it to be Poirier. The two of them are mates. They train together. Yeah. Um, I ain't interested so, in that. Yeah. It's like, nah, I guess not. It's uh, uh, it's just going to be a cracker. It's going to be an absolute cracker. And uh, yeah. one thing that is quite important though, this is happening in Salt Lake City, where Leon Edwards beat Kamaru Usman in their second fight with that amazing head kick. Mm-hmm. That is a high elevation location, and 
as you far as I'm again. aware. You say that again. A high elevation location, baby. And uh, <laughs> it is, uh, you know, it's where... Um, I'd say it's where Leon beat Kamaru, but also like, Jose Aldo had a terrible time up at that elevation. I believe it was against Marab. Um, now, Justin trains in Colorado. I believe he will be coming down in elevation to fight Dustin Poirier. So it shouldn't affect Justin Gaethje at all. However, Dustin Poirier resides in like Louisiana. He trains in Florida. That's like some sea level type stuff as far as I'm aware. If he, I don't even think he had travelled uh, until maybe very very recently uh, and to um, to Salt Lake City, so he's only given himself a few days to acclimatise. Now I was with Nathaniel Wood earlier today doing something with him, and he was talking about when he fought in New Mexico and how he had got the masks. He was training elevation in London, doing with the masks, the tents, and all that stuff. He got to New Mexico, was hitting the pads. And for the first three days, he reckons he was turning around to his dad being like, I can't, can't keep going. I'm just, I'm so out of breath. I'm just, I'm really feeling this is really bad. He arrived there with maybe like 10 days before his fight or whatever. By the fight night, he was good to go. He was rocking. But if Dustin doesn't get there very, very soon and train well and train smart, this elevation could really have a massive impact on this fight. Now, he's got the money after the Connor fights to have science on his side all the tents and masks, probably better stuff than Nathaniel Wood would have been having before his fight. But it does concern me that, you know, the best thing for him to have done would be to get there with 10 days, two weeks before the fight and really acclimatize to that, um, to that uh, elevation. And he hasn't done. Mm. So whether that will play a factor in this fight, who knows? We'll have to wait and see. If we're fans talking about it, then I'd like to think that his camp have had them discussions many, many months ago. And uh, and I would presume that there is stuff in place to, uh, to, to yeah. you know, to, to you know, for damage limitation from, from fighting at that altitude. So, yeah. I, I, but I, is I, that science better than just being there? Because no, that's what I'm to... saying. Maybe he is. I don't know. Do we do we know that if he's if he's there or not? I'm, I'm, I'm presuming. Well, I was speaking to and... John Gooden earlier. Speaking to John Gooden, I'm just you know name dropping all my UFC mm. mates Clang. on this podcast, yep. mate. Clang. <laughs> speaking to him, and he said, uh, um, as far as he was aware, Dustin was training in Florida only like a day or two ago. Wow. So, as far as I'm aware. Dustin will not be in uh, in Salt Lake City within probably like five days of the fight. Maybe he's traveling on, on today or, or something like that. I don't know. But I think he's going to be spending less than a week there before the fight, as far as I'm aware. But wow. I, I, w- I would be interested to see the embedded episodes and yeah, see whether we yeah, see yeah, Dustin job. traveling during the embedded episodes. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. And I haven't seen any of those episodes yet, so... We'll okay. have to wait and see. Um, does sure. the winner get Islam for the belt next? Or Islam or Oliveira, I guess I should say. And that's the factor, isn't it? Mm. Is that the winner of this fight, you think they've punched their ticket, they're getting a title shot next. You know, BMF, whatever. This fight is a proper number one contender fight for the lightweight strap. However, both these guys have lost to Charles Oliveira. And if Oliveira beats Islam Makachev, do they go straight into a fight with Oliveira? If Oliveira is the champ. Uh, I think so. 
Um, yeah. I mean, they're, they're big money fights. Um, I, I think Dustin and Justin have got, surely would have bigger pan signs next to their names than Islam and Charles, like, you know, in regards to pay-per-views. I don't know about Islam, you know, especially oh, in certain um, parts of the world. Maybe, Islam, maybe, maybe. But, yeah, but he's he's not as exciting to watch as, as either of these two guys. Like, no, you're right, there's no one else. I'm yeah. looking at the rankings now, and if Oliveira beats Islam Makachev, unless they gave Makachev a rematch, and I wouldn't want to see that, I'd like to see him defend a couple mm. of... I'd like to see uh, him work his way back to a title shot, like Oliveira has had to do. Yeah, I, I'd um, like to see Islam earn that shot against Benil Dariush. Yeah. I think that'd be a good fight. And, yes, uh, that would be a good fight, yeah. Mm. I mean, we're speaking in hypotheticals here. I, I do expect Makachev to beat Oliveira, uh, and then... Whoever wins, Dustin, Justin, it's an automatic title shot. Makes perfect sense. Mm. Um, obviously, you've got Volkanovski in the background, but I think he'll take on Tapuria next. I think that'll be what's next for him. Um, but it will, because even he said that he really wants the Islam fight. I think that means more to him than fighting Olives, Chucky Olives for the belt. Um, do you, do, so we'll right. have to wait and see. Do you think there's a bit of, a bit of Volk that looks at this fight and thinks, I'm the baddest motherfucker on the planet. Well, no, I don't think so. Uh, well, no, maybe, do you know what? He's a fighter, so yes, he probably Where is he going to earn the money? Fighting Islam, right? There'd be, there'd be good money in that fight, I'm sure, you know, because there's, there's, there's belts on the line. But, I mean, give me Volk Dustin or Volk Gaethje. I mean... Yes, please. Nah, not not unless it's for the belt. Not unless it's for the proper belt. Not the fucking silly BMF belt. Mm. Only if it's for the proper belt. Yeah. Like, that would be a fun fight. If he lost to Tapuria and decided, fuck this, I'm moving up to lightweight. I want to be a not a simultaneous two-weight champ, but I want to be a champion in two different weight classes across my career. And he had to go through Dustin or Justin to get a title mm. shot. That's a cracking fight. Give me, give me that all day long. Absolutely. But there's no way he's choosing to fight a BMF title fight yeah. against either of these guys instead of fighting for the belt against mm. Islam Makachev in particular because he wants to get that one back. Sure. There's, there's no way Lita Puryea is beating Volkanovski, by the way. That's... One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part, for every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. 
Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Not going to happen. That's not going to happen. Mate, I, I, I would favor Volk for sure, but... Levels I, to this I, game. I, I, I'm, yeah, but you don't know that. Taporia has shown real class. Hmm. I would favour Volk. I, you mm. can't not favour Volk. He's on such a tear at the moment. I'm a big fan of Volk, all that stuff. But yeah. I wouldn't be like supremely confident that he would just demolish Tapuria because I think Tapuria's look really good. I don't good. think he'd demolish like, him, but I, but I don't think that Tapuria would demolish Volk. That's what I'm saying. You know, the way that he... No, 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 no. But you, you're saying you're not giving Tapuria a chance in hell. No, no, he, he, won't, he, he, he will not beat him. Well, there you go. There you go. I, 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 I love Volk. I'm a huge Volk fan. Yeah. I'm never that really confident about anything. Mm. But, you know, and when I am overly confident, it's when I'm like, Juliana Pena, she's going to get smashed by Nunes. Oh, whoops. <laughs> <laughs> Alexa Grasso, what, she's not going to touch Valentina Shevchenko. Oh, whoopsie. Yep. Um, what was so, the other one yeah, we done So I don't like getting well. too confident. What was, what was the, the one? one? We've done another one recently that we was like, God, we got that wrong, didn't we? Uh, uh, who did we say was going to absolutely demolish someone and it did not happen? I can't think who oh, it was. Oh, Rob Whittaker, Drickus Duplessis. <laughs> yes, exactly <laughs> oh, that. We got that so wrong. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> We'd study like, Drickus Duplessis. Oh, nose job, my ass, mate. Yeah. Whatever. Oh, you can breathe now, can you, Drickus? Irons out, Rob's Bobby Knuckles in a round. <laughs> <laughs> no, Drickus comes out and absolutely melts him. Oh, man. All oh, right. Well, okay, well, let's move on to Yap. You can't always be right. You can't no, always no, be right. absolutely, absolutely. Well, um, yeah, best of luck to, uh, to, to future lightweight champion uh, Dustin Poirier uh, this weekend. <laughs> Moving on <laughs> to... Well, uh, on, before want... we move on, oh, before okay. we move on, something that we should have done in the last episode we didn't... We need to talk about uh, Gamcare. We do. We've partnered up with a brilliant charity called Gamcare. Uh, if you've already heard this before, I'm going to tell you again. Uh, you know, there's lots of podcasts out there that are sponsored by gambling sites. That's down to them, whatever. Uh, it's not something we wanted to do. We were uh, approached by one or two of them, but we decided instead of going with a, uh, a gambling site, we wanted to go with uh, a charity that helps people with gambling addictions, and that is Gamcare. They do phenomenal work. They have a 24-7 helpline. If you are suffering with a, a gambling problem or think you might be, if it's affecting your day-to-day life, your your paycheck is going straight on to gambling, you are taking out loans to help supplement your gambling or pay the bills because you've gambled that money away, or it's affecting your relationships with your loved ones, Gamcare is a place where you can go for non-judgmental uh, advice and counselling. They do a 24-7 helpline. They can also partner you up with a counsellor for free, for free. And it's a very quick turnaround and this stuff. No waiting lists for a long time. You can go and talk to a counsellor to help yourself out, get through this dark time of having a gambling addiction. Talk to these counsellors and get yourself 
back on track. And it's not only for people that are the ones suffering from a gambling addiction, but if you are a, a loved one, a family member or a friend of someone with a gambling addiction, and maybe seeing them in difficulty is affecting you as well, you can speak to a counsellor. You can get the help that you need as well. Uh, Stu, have you got the phone number or website or anything like that? I think I can pull that up actually now. Certainly uh, have. The number yeah. is 0808. 8020133 and that's uh, totally free to call it's 0808 8020133 the details for that are also on the show notes uh, of this episode uh, so if you uh, you didn't make a note of that then just click the the episode that you're listening to and you'll be able to get the number there also if you do head over to gamcare.org.uk um, and you don't want to talk to anybody uh, on the telephone you've got the little pop-up box where you can talk to someone online live chat and, uh, and as Blake said, it's completely free. So go check at gamcare.org.uk. Fantastic stuff. Right, on with the show, the co-main event in what I feel like is another number one contender fight because the light heavyweight division is in disarray at the moment. It is a cursed division. It's all over the shop. We had Yuri Prohashka beat Glover Teixeira in one of the best fights I've ever seen in my life. Injury shoulder, vacate the belt. Jan Blahovich fights Ankalaev for the vacant belt. It's a draw. No one wins the belt. Dana White comes out and says, screw this in a month. The Glover Teixeira Jamal Hill fight, that is for the belt. Jamal Hill puts on the performance of his life. Former guest of the show, Jamal Hill. I just want to say mm. and use his full name. Um, and puts on an incredible performance. And since then, we're salivating. We're going, oh, I can't wait for Jamal Hill to face someone like a Yuri Prohashka. That'd be great. Maybe Izzy would step up at, at one point. We were considering that. So I have like Jamal Hill versus Israel Adesanya. Whatever it is, it'll be great. We can't wait. Oh, no. Jamal Hill plays a basketball game and like tears his Achilles. And now he has vacated the light heavyweight belt. So now we're in a situation where Jan Blahovic is taking on Alex Pereira, who's moving up from middleweight. And it feels like the winner of this fight is guaranteed a title shot to me. I don't know who else is out there that could be getting the title shot. It looks like it's the winner of this, probably fighting a return in Yuri Prohashka. Or if Yuri can't come back soon enough, maybe a Magomed Ankalaev. But the winner of this, I think, has punched their ticket to a title shot. Do you agree? I do, I do. And the, the the thought of Yuri versus Pereira excites me. Like, that's oh, yeah. that's a great fight. Um, I've got to be honest, Ankalaev in the mix anywhere doesn't excite me. Um, he, his yep. fight style doesn't set set me on fire, I'm afraid. Um, it's very effective. But, um, but I think we're going to see a fantastic fight this weekend. I, I, I think it's going to be interesting to see Pereira... Um, you know, move up. I mean, he's he's naturally a, a, a very big middleweight anyway, so I don't think it's going to be like watching Izzy when he came up. No. I, I, I think we're going to uh, see a very different beast uh, in Pereira. Um, if Yan's going to stand and trade and kickbox, I mean, as we've seen, Yan's got very heavy hands. Um, I, I don't think standing and trading with Alex Pereira is a particularly smart move um, because the guy hits like a truck. Um, Do you think that, that power will transfer to light heavyweight? It's a big jump. I, I, I 20 think pounds. so. I know 20 it's 20 pounds. pounds a huge but, jump. But I, I think it's big power. And I, and I think that... I don't know what he walks around at, um, Pereira, but I, I imagine that... Yeah, I, I, I think... 
I mean, we saw when when Easy come up, it you know, it didn't really feel like the power and the size moved no. particularly well for him. Uh, and I, is I he think... weighed in at two oh three? From what I remember, like I don't think he cut any weight at all. He just yeah. turned up having eaten loads of food. Yeah, and and we'd hope that Pereira's maybe approached that differently. And uh, who do you think is going to win this? Mate, I don't know. I think it's going to be really interesting. If I'm honest, I'm leaning Jan Blahovic. Okay. I the, the negatives for going Jan, Jan is 40 years old now. Mm. Like, father time waits for no one. I mean, uh, Alex Pereira is 36. Mm. So, you know, he's not that much older than him. It's not like he's fighting a 29-year-old or something like that. But... I do think that there is a cliff that he could have just gone the other side of there and he could be on the decline now just just athletically. Um, but in terms of experience, this is... I know Alex Pereira has got an extensive kickboxing resume and career, loads and loads of fights, all that. MMA is different. And he's only going into his 10th MMA fight. This guy is in his 10th MMA fight in this fight. And I think Jan Blahovic is going into his 40th MMA mm. fight. That's a huge experience gap there. And we've seen that Jan Blahovic can put a great game plan together, like what he did against Izzy. Kickboxed him for two rounds, stayed very defensively safe, and then started implementing the takedowns. And that's when he beat Izzy, really, was, was with those takedowns and when he knew he could take them down with ease. I think... I think... Alex Pereira, obviously way bigger than Izzy, in my opinion, but is his takedown defense as technically good? I don't think it will be. And I think Jan Blahovic very early on, will try that takedown because this is only a three-round fight as well, not a five-round fight. Oh, that's a good and shot. I, good shot. Yeah, Didn't think of that. I think, I think we'll see Jan Blahovic go for these takedowns early. I think he might kickbox with him for the first minute and a half, two minutes, and then after that, he'll go, let's see what your defense is like and go for that takedown. And if he gets it, I think that's all she wrote. I don't know whether... He would finish it in that round. But I think that if he gets a good takedown, he'll search for it in every round as soon as he can. And I think this fight could play out on the mat um, more than anything else. And Alex Pereira will just struggle with that. Having said that, if Pereira does kickbox with him, or if Jan does play the kickboxing game for too long and Pereira's power is transferred up to light heavyweight, then uh, a 40-year-old Jan Blahovic may struggle with you know, the, the power and, and speed of Alex Pereira. We, we will have to wait and see, obviously, but I'm leaning Blahovic, but I wouldn't be surprised if Pereira, old Pertan stone hand, comes out and just lays a left hook on him and, and that's all she wrote. Yeah, absolutely. Well, from one Pereira to another Pereira, um, who's striking, uh, maybe not quite as, uh, as, as powerful, but certainly more uh, flamboyant and exciting to watch. And who better for uh, the flamboyant Pereira to fight than Wonderboy Thompson. I mean, this... I'm, I'm imagining this is going to be an absolute karate... I don't know. What, what what would you say Pereira's fight style is? Pereira? I don't know. Oh, just it, it, crazy it, computer game, yeah. beautiful nonsense is his fight style. It is the best. Yeah. I think Pereira, at his most Pereira... And we're talking about Michelle Pereira now, not Alex Pereira. Mm. Is just the most fun fighter you'll ever watch. The guy mm. runs off the walls. He's backflipped onto opponents. I mean, technically, I think it's illegal. 
Like he's like basically just stomped on opponents, but because mm. he's done it with a backflip, it's like, ah, no, that's great. Keep doing that. That's <laughs> uh, all legal, mate. <laughs> Keith, no nonsense, Peterson. All the backflipping nonsense on that. Um, I don't know if he was refing his fights. I'm just referencing that ref. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, can't wait for this one. Again, Michelle Pereira has been out of the cage for just over a year. I need him back in my life. I love watching him so much. I also am a huge Wonder Boy fan. Uh, the, the irony is not lost on me that on the undercard of the BMF, we have the NMF. We have the nicest mf on this card as well. 40 years old, though, Wonder Boy. Uh, his his, his uh, style is all based on explosive athleticism and all that stuff. I think we've seen a decline in him able to defend the takedowns. I don't think that's going to be a problem here, though. I think this is just a striking battle. And when you strike with Wonderboy Thompson, he's such a puzzle. It's very rare that Wonderboy struggles with the striking. You look back at the two losses he's had due to striking. And it's, you know, obviously he lost to Gilbert Burns and Bilal Muhammad, but that's because of the wrestling. And yeah. I think his age meant that he couldn't defend that. The striking losses he's had was Anthony Pettis. He was winning that fight quite comfortably until yeah. Pettis just came out with that Superman punch from nowhere. And then there's the Darren Till fight. Now, there's a lot of people that don't think that decision was correct and that Wonderboy beat Darren Till. I can't really remember that fight. I'd need to re-watch it to see who I would score it for. But there's a lot of people that contest that decision. And not only that, but Till was three and a half pounds overweight yeah. for that fight, I believe, as well. So... um so, you know, they're, they're factors to, to consider with this. Wonderboy very rarely loses a striking battle. And I think that's what this is going to be. But 29-year-old Michelle Pereira, hopefully backflipping off cages. And there's that one fight where he had a bit of an altercation with a guy at the weigh-ins. And I think the guy, the guy at the weigh-in said, I'm going to slap you or something like that. And in the fight, Michelle Pereira was piecing him up and then started gesturing to his hand. He had an open hand, was like looking at it, then looking at his opponent, then slapped him and then did it again and slapped him, kept looking at hand like, oh yeah, you said you was going to slap me? Kapow! And just slapped him around the head and then I think picked him up and slammed him down on the floor in like yeah. a really impactful takedown. Michelle Pereira is the best. He's a computer game character come to life and he's fighting Wonderboy Thompson, who you could say a similar thing about in a lot of ways. Less chaotic, far more technical and, uh, and balanced in what he does. But uh, yeah, this is a fight that's great, really fun. And I so want the winner of this fight to be the one that welcomes Michael Venom Page into the UFC. Yeah. That is what I want to see. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Do you know what? Like, I didn't realise, like, had you know he's been on a bit of a tear he's on a five fight win streak uh Pereira mm. um and you could you'd argue maybe it's a six fight after the illegal knee uh with Diego Sanchez um yeah he was winning that fight. I mean he shouldn't have thrown the knee but he was winning yeah, that fight yeah easy. yeah yeah a a absolutely but um yeah I didn't realize he was on um you know such a such a tear at the moment I mean mm -hmm. this 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 just has as you say computer game that that that's what this is going to be this is like if you created your two favorite characters and uh this would be you know this is the final this is you know this is the this is the fight that I think is going to be the most bananas on the uh on, on the card and uh for all the right reasons and uh yeah looking forward to that now moving on to the next fight now this this goes one of two ways, right? So we're talking about Tony Ferguson versus Bobby Green. Now, bloody love Bobby Green, and uh, and I don't, if he's boxing, I think he's one of the best in 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 the UFC. And 
I don't know what Tony we're going to get. Yes, Tony was looking half decent against Chandler before um, he put his face in the back of his head. Like, um, but I just wonder what Tony's going to turn up. If Tony and the, 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 the crazy Tony Ferguson ego turns up and he decides he's going to stand and box Bobby Green, uh, I think Bobby Green knocks out Tony Ferguson. Um <sighs> I said that you know after Tony fought last time, I'm not that interested in watching him fight anymore. Um, I know that you know you, you said if I'm correct me if I'm wrong, you'd, you'd like to see him have some kind of you know some veteran fights and some you know some some fun fights, and this is one of them. You know this yeah. this, this is very much that. But I I think yeah I I, I don't I, I I think Bobby Green's going to knock him out. Prior to the Nate Diaz fight. I was thinking to myself, yeah, let's give him the veterans tour. Let's, let's give him that. Well, he had that against Nate Diaz and he still lost. I don't really remember too much about that fight. I, I don't think he looked great in it, even, you know, before the uh, the guillotine choke. Um, Man, it's starting to get concerning when you see Tony Ferguson's name written down on the card, isn't it? Five fight losing streak he's on is now. That what Granted, it is now? Yeah. I mean, what a drop off, man. This guy was on like a 12 fight win streak. This was the guy that was going to dethrone Khabib. That fight was made about three times and fell through three times. It was just a cursed fight. We all wanted to see it. Everyone was gutted when it didn't happen. Then he comes up against Justin Gaethje, loses. And it's one of those stoppages where you're like, God, he took five rounds worth of damage, was on his feet, and Herb Dean just went no more. Mm. And it looked like a, a bad stoppage. Then he got out-wrestled by Oliveira, smashed about, out-wrestled by Benil Dariush, and nearly had his leg popped off in like a knee bar, but didn't tap because he's so tough. Then he fights Michael Chandler, I think it was, and he wins the first round against Michael Chandler. Looks good. We're like, oh, Tony's back. And then Chandler front kicks, as you say, his face to the back of his head. And what that that was a terrible, bad, bad knockout. Then he loses to Nate Diaz as well in, in a kind of Legends fight where you think, well, he could win this one. And it, uh, yeah. Do you know it, what? It, I completely it, forgot he fought Nate Diaz. That's how uninteresting yeah. that fight was. I completely mm. forgot that fight happened. Well, it was madness when it was supposed to be Nate versus Shemaev. It was supposed to be Tony Ferguson versus Li Jingliang, and it all fell apart because Shemaev missed weight. Um, but, yeah, I'm now very concerned whenever I see Tony Ferguson's name on the card. One thing I would say about this is Bobby Green is probably the easiest competition that Tony has faced in a long time if we sort of remove maybe the Nate Diaz fight, I don't know. Nate Diaz is such a big name that there's a gravity and a weight that comes with that. Ferguson didn't get the chance to prepare because it all happened within like a 18 hour period or something like that. So if we sort of don't consider the Nate fight too much, then prior to that, he's fought absolute killers, top ranked guys in the lightweight division. Bobby Green, I don't know if he's ranked in the top 15 or not, but he is not at that level of the Oliveiras, the Dariushes, and and all that stuff. So, um, I mean, he did, and the Gaichis and that. He, I mean, he's he's got a fight against Makachev. Obviously, a loss to, to Makachev. Um, he did also lose to um, Fiziev. Um, but apart from that, the the rest of the the wins. I mean, he, obviously, he's got a win over um, Ally Quinter and Nazrat. Um, 
I mean, the, the was it the no the last fight was Jared Gordon, wasn't it? The the, the head clash. No contest, yeah, clash. Yeah, heads, yeah. But the the fight before that, the Drew Dober fight, he put him to sleep bad, didn't he? If I remember rightly. Yeah. Yeah, I, to be honest, I can't remember much about it, but I think he did. Yeah, I think it was one yeah. of those ones where Drew maybe got a little bit rocked at one point and then big boom, left hook came right. back. Yeah, um, and um, and so maybe this will be a bit more of a balanced fight. I don't know. It's, it's... If he loses this badly, Tony, I don't think I want to see him fight again. If Tony gets knocked out or if he just gets pieced up for three rounds, which Bobby Green I think is capable of doing to him, I, I don't want to see Tony back in there. Mm. I think. The, you don't want to call for a fighter to retire. I know that there's a lot of people that frown upon that, but sometimes you just got to protect these guys from themselves. They are too tough. They're not thinking about their long-term health. They are thinking about their masculinity, their glory, getting it back, trying to go out on a win, all these things. And sometimes they just need to be protected from themselves. Tony Ferguson at one stage was one of the greatest fighters on the planet. That man was unbelievable. He was in the pound for pound rankings. He was the guy, as we said, that a lot of people thought was going to dethrone Khabib. I think wrongly looking back on it, but... Well, how many times did that fight fall through? We wanted that fight so many times, didn't we? At least three. At Mm. least three. There was Tiramisu... Then there was the one where Tony was wearing his sunglasses indoors and tripped over like a cable while doing <laughs> some UFC right. stuff. And then I think there was another one as well where it fell yeah. through. Um, so, yeah, it's fucking hell. What an absolute nightmare that whole thing was, getting mm. them two to try and fight each other. But, yeah, I, I don't want to see him fight anymore if he loses this one badly. If it's a close fight, split decision, and he does well and he doesn't take too much damage, fair enough. Let him keep going. And we found the level that Tony needs to fight on. Yeah. But if he gets knocked out or pieced up, I, I just don't want to see him fight okay. again. I, I, he needs to be protected from himself. Um, back up at 170, uh, Kevin Holland fights Michael Chiesa. Um, I mean, I think it's pretty safe to see what people's... I mean, surely Chiesa's he's just going to try and get him down and, and, and wrestle the hell out of him, right? Striker versus grappler. Yeah. Who's going to win? But, I, I, but, but a complete striker that has... You know, it's been quite well documented. He's got huge flaws in his grand game. Michael Chiesa, yeah. there's not many flaws in his grand game. You know, he is no. a fantastic wrestler. Yep, yep, yep. Very good grappler. I mean, we know what the story of this fight is. If Holland can keep it on the feet, great. Uh, he'll win. If mm. Chiesa gets him down, I think Holland's in big, big trouble. Um What's interesting is the kind of difference in schedule over the last, like, couple of years. I think... Chiesa hasn't had a win for two and a half years since his fight with Neil Magny. And um, Holland's constantly active. Uh, and I think in the time that uh, that Chiesa's had off, which is like, I don't know if it's like a year and a half or, or, or something like that, that he's had off. Holland's had six fights, basically. I think it's like he had a fight... One month before Kiesa's last fight, Holland fought. So I'm sort of including that, even though, you know, it's un- it was a month before. But within that time frame, one month before Kiesa's last fight, Holland has had six fights in total from that thing. He's That's so crazy. active, so active. And he's coming off a win over Santiago Ponzinibbio. Uh, Kiesa's on a two-fight losing streak, I believe. So, um, yeah, we we will... We'll see what happens. I think it's very much striker versus grappler. There's no prizes for guessing what the game plan is going to be for each fighter. But uh, but could be a fun one. Could be a fun one. 
Absolutely. Um, what other fights did you want to talk about on this card? There's not really any, if I'm honest. I mean, look, always a fan of Derek Lewis. He, I know he's not had the best run of form of late, but mm. Derek Lewis is an absolute legend. You can't not love Derek Lewis. And he's one of those get or get got fighters. You know, it's very rare that you see a boring decision from Derek Lewis. I know that he... Uh, was he it the most really... boring decision of all time? <laughs> well... <laughs> No, that has now been surpassed by Nama Yunus as That's Rose. Two. Rose has got uh, that in there. Okay. Yeah. But Derek Lewis and Garnu for sure, one of, if not the most boring decision of all time. Mm. Um, but looking at his record now, look at those three red L's. Mm. Spivak, Pavlovich, Tuivasa. Yeah, it's, it's not great reading there, but... Derek Lewis on form when he just fucking swings and goes for it a lot of the time. He, he comes out winning. Obviously, he's done that against younger guy in Taito Ivasa and against an absolute beast in Sergei Pavlovich and, and paid the price for it. But Spivak, uh, that, was a, that was a submission loss. He's never been great on the ground, Derek Lewis. He's always had one of those kind of styles of like, I'm not going to get up the proper way. I'm just going to power up and just stand on my two feet again and... Maybe the game is passing that technique by and uh, you can't just yeah. do that kind of stuff anymore when you've got decent grapplers around you. I think uh, Delima is more of a striker, though, as far as I'm aware. So I think we might get a uh, two people just throwing big heavyweight bungalows at each other's faces. Um, and we'll see how it goes. But, yeah, I think this is kind of a step down for Derek Lewis. And maybe this is one of those situations where we go, where are you at, Derek? Are you... You know, did you just come up against some tough opposition? Because, you know, Spivak's doing really well now as well. Have you just come up against some really top guys in the heavyweight division and you're still a relevant top 10-ish kind of guy? Or are you really kind of dropping off now and are you someone that even against maybe unranked opposition might struggle a little bit because time and the the knockouts and all those things have, have got to you a bit? We will have to wait and see. Absolutely. Okay. Um, well, that's that's this Saturday and uh, UFC two nine one. Um, there's been two episodes out this week. Um, we've obviously done this and we've done a little follow up um, to, to UFC London that we've put out as well uh, in the last twenty four hours. So go and um, give that one a uh, a listen. And not only is it just a look back over um, the, the the London car, but it also talks a little bit about what we got up to in in the days leading up to it and. Uh, sitting in a room with Bruce Buffer for, for 90 minutes and, and, and the stuff that went on at Media Day um, because we've, we've been so lucky that because of this little podcast that we've we've managed to get accredited with the UFC and, and, and find ourselves in these these rooms sitting at our desk with our little laptops and, and phones filming stuff and, and, you know, hopefully that you follow us on the socials and you've seen that we've been really sort of active on there um, over, over the, the, the UFC London uh, weekend and the days leading up to it um, because we're trying to sort of bring you... You know, all the news and action uh, as it happens over on the socials for the, the big cards like that that we're at. And, uh, and yeah, we've got some amazing episodes coming your way very soon. As mentioned at the beginning, um, we've got a great chat with Bruce Buffer coming up. Um, and also, just, just if you've not really gone back and looked at the archives of this show, um, there's a 
big bundle of chats that are all there to be enjoyed. I mean, Blake touched upon Jamal Hill earlier. Go and listen to our chat with Jamal. Um, and there's a couple of chats with, you know, talking like heavyweights and, and middleweights and Paul Craig. And we've had Paul on a couple of times and he's always great value. We had him on not that long ago, actually talking about um, how he stripped that weight down and, 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 uh, and made the move to middleweight. And he's always a, a, a great chat. Um, so, yeah, go and check out the... Um, we, we spoke a lot about Volk on here as well. We've been so lucky to have had Volk on the, the podcast twice now. And uh, so go check out them episodes. And uh, and if you like to watch your podcast and you've not yet done it, we're over on YouTube. So um, have a little look over there. Just search for the MMA Fan Podcast um, and give us a little subscribe on there. Drop us a comment. Let us know um, what you're making of the shows. And, uh, and we're always um, pretty active on Instagram and Twitter. Not so much the Facebook, um, but we do have a Facebook page. Uh, but yeah, we're over on Instagram and Twitter. So give us some... It's not Twitter, is it? Is it still called Twitter? Is it called X now? X? X? Yeah. We're on X! Yeah, we're on X! Uh, X, yeah. baby! Yeah. Come get some X action from us over on X. And uh, and we'll, uh, yeah, we're X it right up, yeah. Like, uh, what do right. you call it now when you do like some kind of post? Like, it used to be a tweet. What Just are you putting out now? I'm Xing. I'm Xing. I'm Xing. Yeah. Oh, X, X me later. Like, <laughs> <laughs> let me, I'm gonna, let me, I'm gonna let X me know you what's up. Going yeah. On. yeah, no, I'll X you. I'll X Absolutely. All right. Well, look, uh, go give us a follow on the socials and uh, and yeah, and uh, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts or over on YouTube. And uh, and we'll be back, I'm sure, with a post fight show next week, um, giving you uh, our take on uh, what looks to be a super exciting card. We done. Let's exit. <laughs> <laughs>